SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7 o'clock this evening. And thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again on your radio tomorrow. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting to the under-20 football coach, uh, Tabo Sanong, uh, ahead of the under-20 Kasafa Cup, which is taking place uh, towards the end of this year. We'll also talk Old Mutual Two Oceans Half Marathon. Their ballot entry system uh, started today. And uh, we'll hear from Wade for Nick And we'll also chat some tennis a little bit later on with Chris Bowers. But let's start with some football news. And there is a lot of apps, uh, a lot of football rather to look forward to this evening. In the Absa Premiership, Super Sports United take on Orlando Pirates, while Bidvest Vitz hosts Chipper United. Bidvest Vitz assistant coach and fitness coach Paul Johnson says they're looking to go into the FIFA international break on a positive note on four consecutive wins. I think the biggest thing and the biggest positive that we've, that we've managed to gain is the fact that we we spoke about the, the black mark obviously with the, the free state game but we've been hugely positive since then and we've been progressing slowly getting better half by half not even game by game um, so if we can keep that momentum going if we can keep looking to improve we're certainly in a good position Johnson says they need to be at their best if they are to beat Chipper United tonight. Every game for us is, is a tough one. Um, this one, obviously Chipper are doing fantastically well. Um, they've shown that they're certainly a force to be reckoned with. And we've got to be, be very, very careful. And we've certainly got to be set up and with all our guns blazing, that's for sure. Speaking of the Chile boys, they've signed former Mamelodi Sundown striker Katlejo Mashejo on a 20-month contract. There's a host of uh, UEFA Champions League action this evening too. The pick of the matches sees Manchester City welcome Barcelona to the Etihad. Bayern Munich is away to PSV and Arsenal also in action. They play Ludogorets. Staying with news out of Europe, Germany's all-time record goalscorer Miroslav Klosser has retired from football. He'll be embarking on a coaching career within the German Football Association. On to cricket now and the pro Proteas continue their preparations ahead of the first test against Australia that gets underway in Perth on Thursday. Proteas fast bowler Vernon Philander says that even though the wacker pitches historically helped the bowlers, it's still important to put the ball in the right areas. It is a wicket where you can get carried away. Um, you know, when you see the pace and bounce, you know, flying through to the keeper. So, yeah, I think, you know, as he must, you know, it's to really be ultra-disciplined. Um, yeah, and not obviously, you know, give, you know giving the better signal to much the squad there. With all the Proteus frontline bowlers fit and available for selection, including Dale Stane and Mornay Morkel, Philander says uh, the seam attack is in a great space with the likes of Kyle Abbott in the wings and Kahisa Robada, who has shown his worth in recent times. Obviously, an exciting prospect, uh, you know, to South African cricket. And uh, look, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he stepped up and delivered so far. And yeah, I mean, you know, he's just, yeah, he's just an exciting young bowler to watch and and also to have a part of our side and a part of our bowling unit. And uh, yeah, I think it's just wonderful to have, you know youth and exuberance, um, you know, from the one end, and obviously myself and Dale and, and Warner, you know, to complete that attack, and obviously, you know, Carl, Carl as well, you know, you know, part of that setup. So, yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, we've got the tools, and hopefully we can put it into play. We'll have live crossings throughout their test series here on SAFM. In other test action, it's stumps on day three of the third test between Pakistan and the West Indies in Sharjah. The hosts reached 87 for four after they dismissed the West Indies for 337 in their first innings. That's a lead of just 31 runs heading into day four, and they've only got six wickets remaining. While in Arari, rain ended play on day four, the first test between Zimbabwe and Sri Lanka. The visitors on 247 for six. That's a lead of 411 over Zimbabwe with four second innings wickets in hand.
And finally, in Formula One news, FIA President Jean Tott has ordered an inquiry into the expletive-filled abuse that Ferrari driver Sebastian Vettel hurled at the Mexican Grand Prix race director this past weekend. The German furious over the driving of Red Bull's Max Verstappen repeatedly swore at the race director Charlie Whiting during the closing stages of Sunday's race. Coming up next here on SAFM, we'll chat some road running. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And if you're a runner in South Africa, you might have been following a story over the last few years. There's been a, a slight issue around the Old Mutual Two Oceans Half Marathon entry system. And a lot of it's got to do just with uh, the amount of people trying to enter uh, the, an incredible race. And the organizers have made a slight change to the entry process for the 2017 edition by introducing a ballot system. And uh, it all sort of got underway today. And we join now uh, by Carol Forslu, who's the GM of uh, the Old Mutual Two Oceans Marathon. Carol, welcome on to the show. Thanks for, for joining us tonight. Uh, I know in the past, uh, the opening day of entries has been pretty stressful. How how did, how did today go? Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having us. Well, today was quite busy at the beginning um, when the day started off, um, Brad, but it's certainly a lot quieter and calmer than it's been in the previous years. Uh, runners do have 10 days um, into which to submit their half ballot application. We took just over 8,000 this morning um, by lunchtime. So I think also taking away the pressure of the payment um, element on our system certainly eased that up and made made the application process a whole lot smoother and quicker for those runners. Carol, let's just take a step back and, and talk about this change. And in the past, you, you talk about the, the strain and stresses that was put onto your IT infrastructure from a payment perspective with so many people trying to enter and pay for their race entry at the same time that it's, it's difficult uh, to, to sort of predict the amount of traffic and the amount of bandwidth you'd need. And, and often those systems would crash. You've, you've introduced a ballot system, which is, which is no... I mean, it, it, it happens so often on particularly international races. I think the London Marathon, New York Marathon, yes. uh, the Cape Town Cycle Tour is also using a, a ballot-type system, and it, it does alleviate those sort of issues. So uh, it is a, a major change, and people need to know that they need to apply. And just because they've applied, they're not guaranteed an entry. You said there's a 10-day window, so it opened today. It closes on the, the 10th. If you're part of the Blue Number Club, I think uh, that's if you've got your permanent number. There's a 1,000 slots, if, uh, if I'm correct, that are available. Those are first come, first serve, and, and once you've, you've entered and paid, uh, you've got your entry. So if you're a Blue Number Club holder, you need to get in quickly. But for the average runner who's not in that category, you've got 10 days to essentially put your application in to get an entry. The draw then gets done, and then you've got a, a time frame to pay. Am I correct in saying that? That's right, Brad, and we're doing the draw for the running club um, applicants uh, first. That will be on the 11th of November, and they will have a week to pay. So as you mentioned, Brad, there's the pressure on the system with entering, updating your profile, putting in your medical information, as well as um, buying your parking ticket or, or Adidas shirt, did certainly put pressure on the system. Um, and there were a lot of um, external factors that influenced the system that were out of our control. And hence, we've done some benchmarking on international practices, and the ballot system is definitely the way the other international marathons as well as cycles are going. So the running clubs will have a week to pay, so there will be no pressure on that system. And then the second tranche will be all the other applicants um, on the 18th of November when they will be drawn and let known if they are successful, and they will have a week to pay until the 24th of November. 
All right, and let's talk about if you do get an entry and you don't pay by the cutoff, because that's also could could pose an issue for a runner that they they get confirmation that they've got it, but they they maybe err on 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 paying. If you haven't paid on time, that goes back into the pool. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, that's right, Brad. And we've spent a lot of time with with um, Cape Town Cycle Tour, just being down the road from us, and and tried to learn from from their experience that they've introduced this ballot system over the last two years. Um, so we will be taking 10% extra because there is that fallout and, and people don't pay. So, so hopefully it will even out at the end of the day. Carol, just from a numbers perspective, and, and I know a lot of runners do complain that oh, gee, why why can't more run? It's I mean 16,000 people, but at the end of the day, it's it's just logistics and uh, the road infrastructure and, and disaster management. That's all it can take. Unfortunately, I mean I'm sure that that if if you could, you would you would sell that thing three four times. Absolutely, Brad, but we're also very aware of consumer touch points. We know that there are traffic issues, parking issues, and we want to make sure that we maintain um, the, the experience for the runners. So we spent a lot of time as well with the City of Cape Town, our partners, traffic management, disaster management, um, and we need to make sure that we adhere to all their, their standards, which are of a high quality, which enables us to put on such a fantastic race for the Old Mutual Two Oceans Marathon. Um, and at the moment, that is the capacity. All right, and then I also just wanted, obviously all the details are on the, the, the Two Oceans website, but if somebody does miss out on an entry, there, there is a, another way in, and that's through through the sort of charity uh, initiative. You, you guys have set aside, I think, 2,000 entries for, for charities, and, and you can almost, I don't want to say buy your way in, but if you can raise some funds for, for one of the charities, you can get in that way. That's right, and Brad, last year um, our charities raised over 3 million rand. Um, with their entry. So it's really a, a feel good to do. And, and, you know, our theme is run as one. And we, we're encouraging people to run as one and do more than just for yourself. So there's certainly even opportunity for, for you to do good and enjoy the world's most beautiful marathon. Yeah, absolutely. The website to get to is twooceansmarathon.org. Go and get your ballot entry in so long. And, and keep fingers crossed that for the half marathon, the ultra marathon entries are open at the moment as well. And those are going pretty quickly. Less than 1,000 left. That one capped at 11,000. So make sure you get your entry and you don't want to wake up uh, beginning of next year and think, oh, I'm going to run the, the Old Mutual Two Oceans Ultra. You're not going to because entries are going to sell out pretty quickly. So go check it out. Uh, the website, once again, twooceansmarathon.org.za. That's where you can get all the details. Carol, once again, thanks for joining us this evening. Best of luck, and uh, let's hope that uh, it all goes smoothly. It sounds like day one was uh, was a breeze, and uh, it should get easier from here on in. Thanks, Brad, and thanks for your support. We hope to see you at the finish line, or maybe the start line this year. <laughs> SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information. Lead on to some football now. And uh, our under-20 national football team, Amajita, are in this heavy preparations ahead of next month. I can't believe it's next month already. The Kasafa Cup and uh, the under-20s. They are defending champions. And uh, it's going to be played at uh, Morulang Stadium in Rustenburg. They've got, uh, before that, though, uh, an international friendly against Kenya on the 26th of November. We join now by the national team coach, Tabo Sonong. Tabo, welcome, and thanks for, for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me, Brett, and a very good evening to listen from this now. Thank you. Coach, just uh, over a month out uh, from that Kasafa Cup, uh, defending champions, uh, does it change things going in? Uh, is there more pressure, or, or do you, are you looking forward to going into a tournament as defending champs? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, Brett, I mean, priorities, uh, our preparations, obviously, for the bigger tournament, which is AFCON next year in February. 
And then, of course, uh, the next priority is to do well. I mean, we are hosting the Kosafa Cup, so it's going to be important to do well as well. So it's going to be important that we are aware that we are defending champs. And uh, we take uh, each game at a time and see how it goes. But priority to prepare for the Dida tournament, which is the CAF AFCON next year, February in Zambia. It's a great opportunity having the Kasafa Cup here on home soil to, to get an extended look at players within your squad ahead of that, that AFCON next year. It's a great preparation. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, we just had a selection camp last week and all went well. Uh, we increased the pool of the quality that we have already. The next camp starts uh, on the 20th of November. Then we'll be calling all the overseas base players just to allow them an opportunity to be assessed and evaluated as well. And then uh, we have a friendly match against Kenya uh, on the 26th of November. Uh, the camp will be comprised of 26 players. And then from there, we're going to trim them down to 20 players. And this is the 20 that will play Kosafa tournament in the province of Northwest. Coach, you mentioned the, the overseas-based players. Uh, there are a, a fair amount uh, of, of young South Africans who are applying their trades uh, overseas. And uh, there, there were a few that were called up to, to this camp as well, a couple who weren't able to make it. Uh, your, your impressions on, on taking a look at, at, at some of those players, uh, the likes of uh, Thabo Tele and, and Luther Singh? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, we've already had Liam Jordan and Rama Rambuan in the system. They were part of our qualifiers, and then we could not have Tabo Trele lose of unavailability because most of our matches are played on non-FIFA dates. So it's always difficult for clubs to release them because remember, players must service their clubs first before national teams, you know, because that's where they are contracted, that's where they get a salary. So we are fortunate that in this coming camp, uh, the clubs will cooperate. They will afford us the opportunity to have the boys. And the boys will be able to play some football in front of their South African fans in the province of Northwest. Coach, as far as what you've seen in the build-up to, to this friendly and the Kasafa and obviously next year's AFCON, your, your thoughts on the state of South African football? Obviously, the national team not qualifying uh, for AFCON was a, was a huge loss. They've got some important uh, World Cup qualifiers coming up as well. But uh, from a, a feeder system, what's uh, of, of looking at the youngsters coming through the system, are, are we in good, good shape as South Africa? Yeah, look, uh, Brett, uh, I must say, to be honest, uh, the under-20 has been qualifying uh, for the junior national uh, continental tournament now for the second time. Uh, that is a, you know, a positive start. Uh, however, our biggest challenge is still to qualify for the major one, which is the FIFA under 20. And uh, we work, we, 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 we're working very hard to make sure that we're going to be part of the FIFA under 20 World Cup next year in May in Korea Republic. And uh, it's not going to be easy, uh, but it's going to be important that we make sure that players get opportunities to participate in such tournament because this will help us to have players that will graduate into the next Olympic team that will play uh, in 2020 Olympics in Japan. And this will obviously give us a strong team uh, in 2022. Uh, that would have had a lot of youngsters that are kept at junior national uh, tournament that have played a continental tournament. So that is the vision. We're trying to keep a lot of players. We're trying to expose them to international and, uh, tournaments so that we have uh, better players, we have better quality uh, going into the senior team, which is Wafana Wafana.
Coach, talk to me about the challenges of of coaching a, a, an age group team, an under-20 team. It's, it's I think, very different to coaching a, a national team like a Bafana Bafana where you don't have those age limitations. You, you're almost on a conveyor belt where you've got players coming and going all the time. It, it must be quite difficult and quite challenging to, to have a, a core of a squad that you can build around because it's changing all the time. Yeah, no, it's a huge challenge to work with this age group. I mean, uh, they are in their final phase of development. Uh, they are about to enter pro football, and uh, and most of them are actually now faced with challenges such as social factors. Uh, they want to start going out a lot. They want to start having a lot of girlfriends. So uh, their egos are developing. So it's always a challenge, you know, as a coach to manage that. But it is our responsibility, it is our job, and uh, uh, we just need to make sure that we don't lose them, you know, out of uh, the track due to social sectors. And uh, it's important that also uh, the PSL coaches play a role in terms of frustrating their development uh, with giving them some playing minutes. Because it's only Ajax Cape Town that gives young players playing minutes, and then uh, maybe if we can have another five, six clubs that can always give 18-year, 19-year-olds a chance to play. South African football will go very quickly because that's where you see Spanish teams, uh, German teams are giving a lot of 18-, 19-year-olds an opportunity to play in the professional leagues. And then it makes it easy for the national teams to have matured players because of the players who get an opportunity to, to, to mix with the likes of Dean Fehman, Tuso Pala. They'll get an opportunity to mix with the likes of Sinkosha, Alala, Upamanyesa, you know, uh, because young players must be uh, developed uh, at a professional level just to frustrate their tactical maturity. Mm. Yeah, and let's be honest, the only way to get better is to be playing top-quality football as often as you can, and that's, uh, I think, one of the issues we, we need to address in South African football. Coach, thank you so much for your time uh, here on SAFM Sports Trap. Much appreciated, and uh, we look forward to, to catching up again before that friendly and uh, during the Kasafa and, and uh, beyond. My pleasure, Brett. Thank you so much. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, as voting lines for the IWF male and female athlete nominations close today, the Olympic and World 400-meter champion and world record holder Wade van Nikak says it's an honor for him to be mentioned alongside the nine other best male athletes for 2016. The Olympic women's 800-meter champion Kasta Semenya is also nominated for the IWF female athlete of the year. At the conclusion of the voting process, the IWF will announce three men and three women finalists who will be honored during the IWF awards ceremony next month. Fanikak says he's had a glorious year and hopes that this will inspire more athletes here in South Africa. It's really massive. I mean, this is international um, and international awards and, and not just having one gender, but having both genders of South Africa um, nominated amongst the, the world's best track and field athletes in the world. I think it's a massive, um, could I say, wake-up call or, or opportunity for South Africa to, to jump onto the, gener- the movement and generation of, of athletes coming through. I think Kasta Semenya is just a, 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 a Kasta Semenya myself is just a representation of the, the mass of, of, of track and field athletes that are coming through. And, and I really think we've got so much potential right now um, as, as, as South African athletes. And, and it's, it's really been a, a proud year for us as, as South African athletes. And, and yeah, I think, um, Let's get the whole country backing backing track and field, and, and I'm sure there's going to be way more 
um, for 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 us as as a nation to celebrate than just what Gustav Semenya and myself has um, achieved for track and field this year. I think um, in the in in the future coming up, we've got so much more bright stars coming through. You had prepped this very well from last year in Beijing World Championship, um, coming back with being a world champion there, and you've had this year as well. How would you describe your 2016? Oh, um, blessed. I'm really humbled that 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 um, I had this opportunity. Um, I've I've been blessed with this talent by the Lord, and and I'm so grateful that He's given me the knowledge and the and the and the know-how to to use that opportunities, and and I just really feel so blessed and humbled that that the Lord has pulled me through through every challenge, um, through every setback that I had this last few years, and 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 I, I just got had opportunity to go from strength to strength, and and I'm so motivated for the rest of the future. I mean, I'm only 24 years old. I've got so much more to achieve as an athlete. I think this is really just the beginning for, for so much more. The IAAF's council vote will make up 50% of the result, while the IAAF families' votes and public votes account for 25% each of the final result. Vanikak's success on the track has also translated into good reception on the commercial side of things, where he's involved himself in a lot of things off the track. He's signed endorsement deals and accepted prizes more, worth more than 5 million rand at the stage, but he's also set himself a target of returning to training by the 19th of last month, and has more on the importance of balancing commercial and the performances. It's been very tough. Um, we tried to, 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 I couldn't say shove, but we tried to fit everything in this last two to three months now, trying to um, um, attend to all the, 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 the ex- let's say external factors to track and field. And, and um, I think we're we slowly but surely coming to the end of that now. And it is time for me to get back to the track and, and, and get ready for next year. Um, Yes, it, it's it's been really good. Um, I've, I've I've been received quite positively, which is which is which is quite great. Um, obviously, there's the negatives, but we don't dwell on it too much. But it's I've had so much great feedback from the country, and it's given me so much more motivation to keep on doing what I'm doing to improve myself. And 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 I really believe it's only the beginning of so much more for myself. So I think um, I'm so excited to get back to the track now again. Um, starting this w- next week, starting next week, and just baby steps again to get myself back to 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 a fit level for next year's competitions, and and who knows, maybe we can we can go even bigger next year. Funikax also dominated the nominations for the SA Sports Awards. Uh, he was being nominated as the SA Sports Star of the Year, People's Choice Sports Star of the Year, as well as the Sportsman of the Year Awards. In short, uh, in this short and exclusive interview with SABC Sport journalist Lila Mbouli, shortly after returning from Germany this past weekend, the 24-year-old speaks about the importance of these awards to local athletes. I remember when, I think it was when we in Brazil and you spoke about the importance of these awards uh, and what they enabled you uh, to do, to <laughs> give your whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as an athlete, and this is something that most of the time, sometimes we miss, maybe as journalists and just general public, what do these awards mean to you as athletes? No, it's massive. I mean, we're being celebrated amongst South African stars, South African sports people that that I grew up looking up to, finding inspiration from, finding motivation from. So um, now I'm amongst them, and and I'm I'm, I'm being nominated for my own unique, specific um, 
awards and, and what I've achieved, it's, it's massive because I know or I've accepted the responsibility that comes with it because I was the one on the other side of the screens before and, and now I'm, I'm on TV um, I'm accepting whichever award comes my way and it's, it's something massive because I mean we're celebrating South Africa, we're celebrating a unique and diverse, diverse culture which, which I love celebrating, I, I find it so beautiful and I'm excited. I mean, it's 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 massive, um, and and the whole of South Africa gets behind it, and everyone supports it, and everyone celebrates it. I I had the opportunity last year to 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 be part of it as well, and and like I said, um, we we sat we sat in the in the in the crowd, and I said to myself, um, if I win this award, I'd love to take my family with me to Rio, and it it, it gave me that means this year to take them with to Rio, and and obviously this year I've got new goals on on what I want to do with with whatever um, I win and things like that, but obviously it's a step step by step situation, and and I mean I'm going uh, um, I'm being nominated amongst some some amazing athletes, amazing sports people out there and I'm just excited to, to see what happens. I mean, um, uh, we're all just going out there working hard and chasing our dreams. So I think each and every one of us deserves it. Um, so at the end of the day, it's, it's just about waiting and seeing the results. But it's, it's a, an, a very exciting occasion and a special occasion for, for celebrating um, not just South African sports, but just that um, unity and togetherness that we have as a country. Consistency is key. Hmm, you know, definitely. Not on, on the track, but also there's consistency <laughs> in terms of your nominations as well. Um, it's the people's choice, and it's the sports star, and it's the sportsman of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I mean, um, obviously, as a sports person, we always have that competitive edge. So um, I set the, the, the bar quite high for myself last year, taking. Um, almost all the uh, all the awards, so I knew I had to top that up this year and <laughs> even go bigger. So, um, luckily for me, as an athlete personally, I feel I've I've achieved it. I feel I've 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 I've, I've bettered myself as an athlete. But obviously, um, at the end of the day, the other athletes have done the same, and and hopefully, um, South Africa backs me. But uh, I'm 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 open. I'm not open, but I'm I'm. I'm happy for, 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 for all of us being celebrated. I mean, we all are South Africans, we all are sports people, we all work hard for where we want to be. So um, it's, it's really just an honor to be nominated amongst these guys and and uh, e an exciting occasion. I mean, um, the ladies get to dress, the guys get to look smart. So it's it's always it's always um, a special occasion to be part of. And, and uh, like I said earlier as well, I just love celebrating South Africa and, and this is yet again another occasion. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, time to chat some tennis now here on SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, as we draw to a close for the year, a couple of tournaments left uh, on the men's calendar of the ATP. And things looking very, very interesting from a rankings perspective. And uh, we head to Paris now because that's where all the action is taking place this week. In the uh, Paris Masters, we joined uh, by Chris Bowers. Chris, welcome on to SAFM uh, once again this evening. Uh, we'll touch on some results in uh, in a moment. But uh, Andy Murray has the opportunity here to, to possibly uh, get to world number one. Yes, hi, Brad. It's a fascinating situation because Novak Djokovic has had a very good year. Won the Australian Open, won the French Open to complete his set of majors. He's done pretty well since, actually. He got to the final of the U.S. Open semifinals in Shanghai a couple of weeks ago, and yet he could get caught at the top of the rankings this week. 
Uh, it's not in Andy Murray's hands, because Murray would have to win the tournament and hope that Djokovic doesn't get to the final. If it comes down to a Murray-Djokovic final and Murray wins, Djokovic still remains at the top by just a few points. But if that number one ranking could change at the ATP finals in London, which begin a week on Sunday, or it could change early next year. The nature of rankings is that you keep your ranking points for exactly a year, 52 weeks. So Murray's, uh, Djokovic's points could drop off early next year and Murray could take over then. But it's not a foregone conclusion, but it could happen later this week. Yeah, absolutely. As far as results from today, how are we looking? It's been a quiet day, to be honest. I think they're saving up for the, the big names to all come in tomorrow. Thomas Burdish won. He came to a very tight three-set against Joao Sousa of Portugal, which keeps alive his chances of qualifying for the ATP finals. That's just an eight-man field, but he's made it for the last five years, phenomenally consistent. And considering that he's in hospital in Cincinnati in August, uh, I think Bird, the fact that Burdish is still in the race for London is a sign that he's playing really well. Milos Raonic on court now. Um, he's already qualified for London, but uh, he's looking quite good. And uh, Jack Stock, continuing his good run. He's set up a match tomorrow against Dominic Team, Team, one of the players who's still going for the last two spots in the singles, are still unclaimed for the ATP finals in London. Well, you talk about uh, those spots. Someone who did grab a spot is our very own Raven Klaassen. He's going to be playing in the doubles. He's in action this week as well. I think he gets underway tomorrow. Uh, am I correct in saying it, or yeah. is it Thursday? Yes, he'll, pl- he'll play tomorrow. I mean, he, against, uh, he, he and uh, Rajiv Ram are sixth, and they've guaranteed their place, and they'll play against John Pierce and Henry Consonant, who are seventh. So that'll be a tough first round match here for Klaassen and Ram. But that's a terrific achievement. I mean, whether it uh, amounts to as much as winning a major title, which uh, Raji, uh, which um, uh, Raven Klaassen has yet to do, um, two finals uh, in the majors, but the thing about qualifying for the year-ending uh, finale is it shows phenomenal consistency over the past 12 months. And this is a really good partnership that Klaassen has got with the American Rajiv Ram. So uh, it's fantastic that they've qualified. I hope they do well this week. And they could yet finish up in the world's you know, top five best pairs, which would be a phenomenal achievement. And uh, hopefully sets up uh, sets Klaassen and Ram up for winning uh, major titles next year. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Bowers, thanks for your time. More tomorrow from Paris. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. And that's it for SAFM Sport Chat this evening. We'll have more sport tomorrow morning on AM Live. Don't forget to be in touch via social media. Just search for SAFM Radio. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the Talk Shop with Naledi Maleo. Thank you so much for listening. I'm back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Teddy. Thank you for listening. It is 7 o'clock in time for your news.